Welcome to Conversate, our podcast where we engage in conversation. And on this week's episode, uh, Aaron Gerke and Kevin Bender, we engage in a conversation, well, a little bit about Daniel chapter 7, but even more so, kind of about the practicalities about, of how to read the Bible, how to interpret the Bible. Uh, helpful hints for you, and we pray that this is beneficial for you in your journey through the scriptures. We hope you enjoy it. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Aaron. Welcome to Monday. Oh, you mean Wednesday. Oh, uh, edit. Sorry, I'm not actually going to edit that. Yeah, we record this on Monday. We do. And we we wait to post it to Wednesday because there's a lot of editing that has to happen. Uh If you don't notice the editing that has to happen, it's because it's high quality editing. That's not true. We don't really do any editing. We just record this and then we upload it. And but you know, Wednesday it is. Cheers to Wednesday. Yeah, happy Wednesday. Happy buddy. Wednesday. <laughs> Shoot, I'm not wearing my Wednesday shirt though. Oh man, I was gonna wear my Wednesday socks, but I didn't wear those. Do you wear different socks on different days? No, I don't have really any any clothes for any day. I've had this shirt a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, like I know. I, uh, I, I don't wear it very much. I think because I used to wear it a lot. It's like uh, you ever have one of those foods that you uh, ate too much of, and then and then you stopped eating because you ate too much of that one kind of food. I don't know if I do. Oh, fig Newtons were mine. Oh, I when used I was to a kid, those I too. Used, and then I was then I'm like oh, I can't eat fig Newtons anymore. Like because it's just ate too many. I think I wore this shirt so many times that I got tired of it. But now. Now it's like this new discovery. I'm like, ooh, a new shirt. Yeah, Lily does actually that. really old. Lily does that with all her toys and her books. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My kids it, do too. Yeah, it'd be like two months she hasn't seen or played with or read this book. Yes. And you bring it out and she's like, new. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. It's every time that we're trying to clean up and put away the kids' toys that all of a sudden they realize, oh, I haven't seen those in a while. I'm like, ah, we almost had them put away. Uh, and and then they go into the storage room and they just. And they find all the stuff. Oh, man. Mm. Well, we're going to be conversating today. We are, yeah. Uh, and should it be about Daniel chapter 7? I think it kind of has to be. Does it? I think so. I'm scared, Kevin. <laughs> Me too, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, to those of you listening, um, I don't know if you, you, know, if you were in, in worship on uh, Sunday or uh, this last Sunday when I preached on Daniel chapter 7. Um, I don't know if I told you this, Kevin, but like this, the whole sermon writing process is a unique process. And Kevin and I have talked about this a lot. Like different sermons come and they come in different ways and how you write this stuff. And for whatever reason, this one, this one was difficult for me. It didn't, um, it didn't come easily. So I told some people that on Sunday when they said, wow, we really appreciated the, the sermon. I was like, yeah, that one wasn't that wasn't easy for me to preach. It's like, oh, we couldn't tell the difference, you know. And I'm like, well, that's good, but um, I think it's I think it's the second half of Daniel is a bit intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're just reading through it, it's intimidating to uh, try to understand what you're reading for one, and then as yeah. a preacher to try to go, how do we, how should we, like, how how do we read this? What should we be reading out of this? Is there anything that helpful that we're supposed to read when we're reading these visions of Daniel like 
how do we apply that stuff, you know? And I think that's why more than anything, I took the approach that I did, mm-hmm. kind of kicking off this vision section of the book of Daniel with some of these, just kind of the introduction of, hey, this is what we call apocalyptic literature. Um, this, this is how we should read this kind of literature, excuse me, and um, what that means for us. So, yeah, I don't know if, I, I don't know if there's anything that, that you heard that was helpful or any f- kind of follow-up questions that you want to ask or... Yeah, well, I mean, just as kind of a broad, a broad scope comment, like I do think it's, it, it was kind of refreshing or maybe it was refreshing for people to, to, to hear like advice on how to read the Bible. Uh, you know what I mean? Because I think not just for apocalyptic literature, but for the whole Bible, right? Like yeah. that's not necessarily something that people do. Or yeah. teach. Yeah. You know, a lot of times it's like you get this Bible uh, and you're like, okay, well, where do I start? Yeah. You know? Most books, right, you start from left and you go right. Yeah. And you can do that in the yeah. Bible, yeah. but that's actually probably harder than maybe some of their techniques, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so I appreciated your comments about, you know, how to re- read this specific type of literature, but it's probably worth backing up and even just like pointing out you know, what kind of literature are we dealing with yeah. in the Bible? Yeah, you know? in general or yeah. here. Yeah, I mean, uh, so there there are there are different types of literature in the Bible. So I mean, sometimes I I look I look at the Bible, um, you know, almost like a like a library bookshelf. You know, mm-hmm. so if when you go to a library, um, actually I haven't I don't know this for a fact about libraries. I just I don't go into actual libraries a lot. <laughs> a bookstore. I've been into a bookstore more oh, often. Yeah. Tell me if I'm wrong, Kevin. I'll try. But uh, but you could you could find uh, categorical sections, so yeah. uh, books about history. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say fiction and nonfiction. There's no non or there's no fiction in the Bible, but mm-hmm. the, you, you understand like cate- categorically. Um, in the Bible, there are books of um, there are books of poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, there are uh, narrative books. There are books of history. There are the laws. So um, there, there are prophecies. So our Bible is actually categorized in, in, in more by type of literature mm. than chronological order. Sure. Like in the right. way that the books are ordered. Like ordered, right? So you get the first five books of, of Moses. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, they deal with narrative stuff, but um, from creation all the way through um, God's dealing with the people of Israel and getting them, uh, you know, in and out of slavery in Egypt, and then God forming them as His people and giving His laws. That's all in the first five books, and then you get into the books of, um, we'll get into books of, of history, how how things happened. You even get into books of like First Kings and Second Kings and First Chronicles and Second Chronicles and Ezra and. Um, these are all books about what's happening to the nation of Israel. Who is king? What battles are happening? Mm, um, mm-hmm. All that kind of stuff. That's the part of Lord of the Rings that always bogged me down. Yeah? Yeah. When I, well, I was in like fourth or fifth grade yeah. when I was reading them, and I was like, I loved it when it was, The Hobbit was a little easier to read because yeah. it's just like Bilbo doing his travels, and yeah. like, oh, cool, mythical creatures. Yeah. But yeah. then you get in like Return of the King yeah. if you read that book, and it's like, Here's a bunch of names and a bunch of battles and a uh, bunch of geographical areas and that, but like that's kind of how a lot of the, yeah. the historical piece of the Old yeah. Testament is, right? Yeah, yeah. And so with the with the books of history, then um, I mean the the rest of the Old Testament, you get the the um, 
wisdom and poetry, books like the Psalms and Proverbs and Song of Solomon and Ecclesiastes. Those are those are like songs and poetry and mm. all this kind of stuff. Um, but those are actually a lot of time, a lot of that is being written during those books of history, like First Kings, Second Kings, First Chronicles. So you can right. read about the kings and what's going on to also know kind of what's happening and why some of these Psalms of David are being written and back and forth. But then after that, the last bit of the, the Old Testament are all the prophets mm. um, and all the things that they're dealing with. So all the prophets are categorized together. Mm. Um, and um, you know their situations are also chronicled in those books of history, but their writings are over here because they're categorized by books of prophecy. So, right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then even, you know, in the New Testament, you get the four Gospels, stories of Jesus, and then the book of Acts, what happens after Jesus. And then you get into all the letters, letters the, yeah. um, that, that Paul and others wrote to different churches. So, yeah, uh, if you don't know that kind of stuff, I don't, I did that really fast, but... Um, Bible Project. They're Bible helpful. Project, yeah, the BibleProject.com. <laughs> they can... They yeah, can, watch the Tanakh video or, or just Old Testament New Testament right I think yeah. that's how they break it up yeah but you know that is something like really neat about the Bible is that it yes it is this one epic narrative in, yeah. a, in a sense right there's an overarching story from the beginning yeah and you get it right away right at least like okay creation but then the fall and this promise of the Savior who's gonna come yeah. and then everything uh, kind of tracks with that I mean that sets the stage and even when you get into these historical narratives there's stories about stuff that's like like, what is this about? You know what I mean? Yeah. So some of it starts to feel distant, but it all does kind of always come back and point to Jesus. Yes. Which I think was one of your four points, yeah. right? That was kind of the, the fourth and foremost yeah. thing I think you want us to take away. Yeah. Yeah, that, that all scripture, I mean, the sentence I said was all scripture uh, culminates on Christ and is given direction by Christ. So, mm-hmm. um so even even all the Old Testament, all this stuff, all these visions of Daniel, if it if they, if if it doesn't take you to Christ mm. and deepen your faith and trust in Him, drawing you to repentance and faith to trust in Him, um, then you're not really reading the Bible correctly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, if if you're if if you're just reading the Bible as some sort of academic historical pursuit, that's not really the intention of the scriptures. The scriptures are to draw you into relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So all the scripture, all the scripture um, culminates on what Christ has accomplished for us. So mm. we really should see uh, Christ on, on every page of the scriptures. Now, obviously his name is not written on every page, mm. um, but everything that he did in the fulfillment of the law and the prophecies, um, you ought to see. So, um, so obviously we need to know who Jesus is mm-hmm. um, and what he's what he what he's done, who he's claimed to be. But all this, like, we will never fully understand who Jesus is and who he claims to be if we don't also know the Old Testament. Mm. So we get all this stuff like in the Gospels, like I like I referenced where. Um, at least what my count was was 77 times. Yeah. I saw another count that said 81 times. So mm. somewhere in that I like, range. I like 77. It seems like a perfect number. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Which is biblical, by the way. Yeah. Um, but that's why I went with that one. Um, <laughs> but 77 times Jesus calls himself the son of man. Okay. You know, if you just have the gospels or Jesus' words, some of us are like, 
I don't know. Yeah, you he had just a dad. calls himself the son of man. I don't know. Right, you don't know your dad's name? Jesus. Yeah. It was Joseph, <laughs> yeah. right? And son of Joseph. It. Yeah. <laughs> it's because it's you got to know the Old Testament. You got to know this passage from Daniel 7 and the book of Ezekiel where it's mm. said over and over and over again. So, mm-hmm. like, you got to know the whole book. So, you know, if you're listening to us and this is all that you're getting out of the scriptures, um, go open the thing up yourself and just dive in. Start reading. Sure. But I would say, and this is part of where, you know, even even understanding the Bible uh, with Jesus at the center, yeah. like I think, I think uh, it might be easier, easier, it might be helpful to start in a gospel. Like if you're yeah. new to reading scripture. Correct. Right. Maybe don't jump into Leviticus. No. Like that might be no. difficult. Well, and that, I think that's what a lot of people do when they read the Bible is they read Genesis and yep. you're like, oh, cool. Genesis was fun. And like, yeah. I'll keep going. Exodus, that's pretty fun. Yeah. And then you start getting into all these laws and all this stuff. And you're like, oh, man, I don't know if I want to read the Bible anymore. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I, you're out there. You've tried this. <laughs> I have, you know. Yeah. So um, I think there there's different recommendations. I think if you want to kind of, if you've never read the Bible at all, and you're listening, and you're catching our podcast. Here's hey. your encouragement. It's nice to meet you. Good to have you. Yeah, for for, for one. But. Um, I would if you, the Gospel of John is a great place to start. The Gospel of John will give you a really good kind of understanding of the who Jesus really is. Mm. Um, but a, kind of a shorter, more direct route it would be the Gospel of Mark. Mm. The Gospel of Mark is kind of it's just very direct. You just kind of. You get Jesus, you get action. It's just boom, 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 boom. So Mark is kind of a nice way to get into it. John is a bit more poetic about the way he describes Jesus. Um, and if you can handle that, um, we'd probably tell you to go to the book of Romans, which can also be hard to understand, but really encapsulates um, the Christian faith. Mm. I think probably in, um, in, in terms of like the theology about who, what we believe about who Jesus is and what he's done for us. Romans is a great place to go. Right. Yeah, because yeah, you're getting a lot of like events in the Gospels of Jesus' life, but yes. Jesus doesn't necessarily say, and this is what it means right. for you. Right? Yes. He just kind of does it. Yeah. <laughs> he dies, he yeah. rises, he heals. Yeah. But what does it all mean? Right. Yeah. yeah. Or even for him to be the Lamb of God. Right. You know? Yes. So then also pay attention to like footnotes, right? Allusions, especially in the, the Pauline letters, I yeah. think, because they're gonna like Paul's gonna quote the Old Testament. Yeah, I mean, this is a cool thing is that Paul is actually, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong in my understanding of the timeline of events, but I think Paul's writing his letters before the Gospels are coming out, right? I think, yeah, as far as I understand it, yeah, yes. so like the Gospels took more time uh, to actually be penned down and distributed than the church was forming. I mean, Jesus died, he rose, he sends his disciples out. They're out, they're building the church. They're doing stuff. It's yeah. getting going. Yeah, and they're not waiting for the book. Right. <laughs> to figure out what to do, they're just they're doing it. Right. And they've been, um, you know, the Great Commission. So Jesus right. had a mission. Now he's co-missioning yeah. these disciples to come and carry it on. So yeah, so they're already getting stuff going, and then and then they kind of you know so Paul is writing letters too to help them help them do this uh-huh. and do it well. But then, yeah, I guess uh, then everything kind of catches up at some point. I don't know. Right. The timing of it's a little crazy. Mm-hmm. For sure, and the, so why are we do why are we having this conversation, Kevin? Mm. Um, I, I I think for for those of you listening, yeah, this is this is all kind of back to you know how we read the Bible and some of these things that I share these helpful hints. Mm-hmm. Again, like you said, not only for apocalyptic literature but helpful for 
really how we read the Bible in general. We have to know the historical context. Right. Thank right. you. Yeah, I think that's the next. The, I feel like the Jesus first. <laughs> that one's like I am on board with that. Yeah. And then the next one, historical context. Yeah, it seems like. All right, we'll take them in. We'll take them in reverse <laughs> order from the way I preached them. Perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I mean, I called that one historical times coloring, which it could have just called it know the historical context. History. But, yeah. Um, and that this so this is this is appropriate for for all of the Bible. Mm. So. Um, I, a lot of our temptation, and I, I see it happen a lot, and it's not a, not a bad thing to do, but it's not the complete way of the way to read the Bible. What I see happen a lot, like on social media and stuff, is that mm-hmm. like, people will take one Bible passage, mm-hmm. a little nugget of truth that they like, mm-hmm. and throw it out there and, you know, this is this is what it means for me that this nugget of truth is in there. Sure. Um, it's not bad to apply the scriptures to your life, but that should not be your first step when reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. Okay. When interpreting the Bible, your first step really ought to is, is. I mean, if you think of it as concentric circles, your first step should be, okay, I've got this book of the Bible. Who wrote it? If, if we know, if we can figure that out who wrote it, where were they living, what time frame was this happening, um, what's happening in the story, and you just kind of work your way out, what's happening in the story of the life of God's people at this time, what's happening in the world at this time. Are there, and then from there, you would say, are there other books of the Bible that were also written at this time mm-hmm. that can help me interpret this? So as I said, with the, with the prophets, like, like Daniel, um, there are some things like in the in the books of history that would that that can help us understand who's king and, and what was happening leading up to Daniel. There are other prophets like Jeremiah that was happening right before Daniel. So we look to these other um, authors that happened around the same time to help interpret this, mm-hmm. and then we work our way out to the rest of Scripture. So like I did in the sermon with this idea of son of man. So Daniel mentions Son of Man. Well, other books of the Bible in the Old Testament mention Son of Man. So do books of the New Testament mention Son of Man. So we just kind of, you kind of keep working your way out. And then finally, you get to the place of, so what does this mean for me? How am I also written into this story? How is it still playing out in my life? So a lot of us kind of want to shorten that whole thing and go, uh, I read something in this vision of Daniel about, a lion with eagle's wings. Now I saw an eagle flying in the sky. Does that mean you know? Like we try to we try to jump to those conclusions, and that's just not really how sure. we read the Bible. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, I I I hear what you're talking about. Like an example that comes to mind that I think pops around sometimes is, um, you know, you'll see that line like I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's my confirmation verse. Right. Hey, nice. Yeah. So it's like you know someone might see that verse and kind of immediately go to like, you know what? Like band tryouts are coming out. I'm gonna get I'm gonna be a part of the band. Yes. I can do all things. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Through Christ who gives me strength. But then I mean that's jumping right to me in my context. Yes. But what what was the original context for this, yeah. right? I think it's Paul yeah. writing from prison. Yeah, well and so so I always tell people too, like that was I chose that as my confirmation verse in eighth grade for that reason. Because no I was because I was a I was an athlete and I was like, 
Yeah, oh, man, I can okay. do I can do anything. Yeah, with Jesus on my side, you know. Yeah, which is, it's not a bad like. Jesus is on your side, and there's uh, validity yes. to his yes. creative spirit yes. that can. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. But it was later in life that I actually read it in context, mm-hmm. and so I've always told people like. You know, if you ask me what my favorite Bible passage was, I'll probably give you a long story and be like, at one point in my life, I would have said that that was my favorite Bible passage. Yeah. But later in life, I actually go two verses earlier to the context in which Paul is saying, because uh, I think it's Philippians 4.11, where he says, I've learned in all things to be content. Mm. So he's actually sharing how I know how to be brought low and high. I've gone through all of this stuff. I've been, I've been through all the ways of time. And then finally, in verse 13, he says, and I've learned in all things that it is Jesus Christ who gives me strength. Oh, you know, sure. Yeah, so, so like, it's not so much like me going out and achieving kind of all my dreams. Exactly. But more like whatever the world throws at me, Yes. here's how I'm going to bear it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. sure, sure. Yeah. So context. Context. Okay, so Jesus is the focus. Yeah, yeah. Pay attention to context. Yep. And, and I think, you know, you kind of talked about like uh, date and, and um, historical stuff going on. But even I think when you're reading scripture, right, like, if you read something, you're like, well, that's a little goofy. Well, keep reading. Or maybe go back and read a couple verses, yeah. right? So even in the section that you're reading, like, okay, if I'm in chapter one and something, I'm trying to figure out something, well, just read a little more. Right. It, it's like reading a book. Yeah, sure. Sometimes I fall, I actually fall asleep a lot when I'm reading books. And so then I pick up like where I left off and I'm like, I have no idea. I got to start this chapter over. <laughs> Might have to do the same thing with the Bible, <laughs> sure. frankly, you know. Yeah, so, all right, so we're doing, we're doing these four things? Yes, let's do it. All right, we're halfway so there. We're going back, wait. all right, so Jesus, Jesus yeah. is central all scripture, understand the historical context. The third one, um, the, the term is called shortened perspective. Okay. Um, this is more appropriate for this kind of prophetic literature. Sure. So this apocalyptic, future-oriented mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so Daniel, what this means is that in prophetic literature... This, so this apocalyptic kind of future-oriented stuff, um, that the prophet uh, may be speaking to something in, in, in the immediate future, mm-hmm. speaking about something that's going to happen like imminently, yep. but at the same time, that, that same future-oriented statement could also apply, apply to something in the distant future mm-hmm. and at the same time apply to something in the very distant future, like the end times like when Christ returns. Sure. And it can be all all of all three of those at the same time. So historical context, like in, in Daniel, for example, he's writing about these beasts and these kingdoms that will come and right. um, when he receives this vision, the Babylonians are still in, in charge. Um, and so he receives this vision like, well, Babylon will fall and Persia is going to come. Well, Persia is mm-hmm. going to get conquered and then after that, more will come and take over. So, um, so we need to understand that that Daniel's dealing with that context, but in the distant future, and and so all th- there are four four different kind of big kingdoms that come after um, the Babylon after the Babylonians, but then later on in the distant future, the Jewish people as they've returned back home and in, in living in Jerusalem, there are kind of even more new beasts, earthly kingdoms mm. who are trying to devour the people of God. There's this guy called Antiochus who is like one in the 150 BCs who's like hardcore persecuting 
um, the, the Jewish people and the Maccabean revolt, and you can go look all that kind of stuff up. Um, or pay attention to this upcoming chapter of Daniel. Ooh, <laughs> teaser. All right, so, so we get all this uh, kind of stuff. So, yeah. so then they're looking and saying, okay, well, Daniel wrote and saying, these, you know, these beasts will be conquered. These beasts mm. will be conquered. And mm -hmm. so we believe still the beasts will be conquered and God is still on his throne. Yeah. Well, and then it still applies to us today. There are still... <laughs> kind of beasts in this world. Oh, sure. Um, Satan is still that little horn of this ten-horned dragon still mm -hmm. speaking accusations against the people of God. Mm -hmm. um, but God is still on his throne and Jesus is still ruling and, and reigning. And, and then finally, when Christ comes again, he will finally put all those beasts to rest. So Daniel's words were applicable in that immediate context. Yeah. The people of God, your, your time will come and you will be released from captivity like it's going to be okay mm -hmm. well it's going to get worse and you know so on and so forth so sure um so that's called shortened perspective the prophets you know something may be dealing with something immediate distant future and very distant future all at the same time and i think that's helpful too when you read even the new testament right because jesus will speak about uh you know times of the end or he'll speak about the future but he's talking and and so this multiple yeah. horizons idea because yeah. he's talking to his disciples and he's like Stay awake, guys. Yep. Don't fall asleep. But, you know, I'm sitting here 2,000 years later being like, uh, Jesus, you were a little off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he, like, he was doing what you're talking about, this sh shortened perspective, I think, yep. where he was, you know, he needed to speak not only to his disciples then, but also his disciples now. Yep. Um, because there were going to be trials and tribulation even for the disciples yep. of his time. Yep. The, the temple in Jerusalem was going to get destroyed. Yep. 70 uh, AD. Yep. Right? Yep. And I think that's in the context of like Jesus walking around. He's like, yeah, that building's going to fall. You yep. know? And, uh, and I think he immediately he goes into talking about the end times. Yep. So, um, so it's not that when you read these things, and this is where I think you were warning us a little bit about like trying to literally, you know, interpret or maybe even like decipher exact timings of things. Yeah. And Jesus warns about this too, right? He says, this is what's going to happen, yeah. but like, I don't even know the day or the hour, yep. right? Only the Father knows. Yep. So our goal isn't to say, okay, here's the timetable of when all this stuff's going to happen, right. so now we know and we can be prepared. It's right. more, uh, we don't know when this stuff's going to happen, but we do need to stay uh, like vigilant, like yep. have our eyes open yep. um, uh, and recognize that they're beasts. Don't lose heart over the beasts yep. uh, because just like... Uh, Daniel sees him slayed in his vision, uh, just like uh, uh, Jesus, you know, talks about ultimate triumph. Revelation talks a ton about, yeah. you know, this conqueror, this one who conquers. Yeah. Um, so it will be really in the world. Yeah. So even when, um, uh, like you said, we still have them, we still have beasts today. I mean, like, I don't want to just like slam other countries, but like North Korea, kind of a beast, yeah. I would say, right? Yeah. It's kind of tyrannical country. Uh, that you know is not honoring God in the way they operate, right. um, and uh, and for those people living uh, uh, in those conditions too, that's where I think they need the hope. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yep. Cool. All right. So Jesus in the center. Know your history. Uh, we're hitting multiple horizons. Yep. And then the very first one was. Symbolic, Symbolic language. language. Okay. Yeah. Um, which uh, it's just th this is this this was where I was giving the warning about making sure we're not being 
like knowing knowing how to decipher what should be read literally and what should be read figuratively. Mm-hmm. What should be read literally and what should be read figuratively. And that's that's I understand that that can be a bit of a kind of a hard task to do. Mm-hmm. Like how do you know like how do I know in the book of Daniel that some of that was historical and now we're jumping into something that's like future oriented prophetic stuff like how as a reader how as a reader do I um, know the difference right. and that can be that can be I understand that that can be a bit tricky mm-hmm. I think some of it obviously you can tell by the by the context if they're mm-hmm. actually recording events that that happened and took place you can kind of take that as fact but when Daniel says I had a vision of the night yeah uh, you know that's where you can kind of go okay this is a bit more um, apocalyptic like future oriented so symbolic language though um, it's there's it's a difference and what I said in the sermon it's like kind of the difference between like a news reporter the way a news reporter writes and the way a poet writes Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. a news reporter records um, facts stories um, truth right that's what they should do Um, poets use metaphor simile figures of speech Mm -hmm. um, hyperbole (laughs) all kinds of different images and numbers to get across um, points in a in a different kind of way Um, and so it's not that there isn't meaning in poetry, mm-hmm. um, but the meaning is not, it's not, it's not literally taking those images and... There aren't, it, act, there isn't actually going to be a dragon with iron teeth, is what you're saying. I don't... Because that would be the literal I mean, meaning, I, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. So, uh, you know, we mentioned actually earlier in this episode that seven's a perfect number. Huh? That's an example, right, of a, something being symbolic. Yeah. So it's not, you know, um, in Revelation, the number, there's a lot of number play. Yeah. And I haven't really uh, checked out Daniel too much, although I think um, the horns, right, it says there were ten horns. Yeah. Ten is another symbolic number. Yeah. Um, I thought it might be useful just to, if you if you know any of these, like, code, Bible code things, um, if not, I know a couple. So the the church that I did my internship at, we were actually, we actually um, it was on my way out. So I only was there for about half of it, but they were going through Revelation, okay, through CPA study. And this guy, um, super smart, you know, nerdy guy, he was hilarious uh, on a t- on this recording. He he broke down some of these uh, numbers. So like seven. Yep. So seven is uh, this uh, number of perfection. Yeah, or completion. Uh-huh. And where do we get that? From creation, right? So. Got created in seven days. Everything was perfect, very good, whole, complete, right? So, mm. um, so yeah, when seven shows up in the scriptures, it's usually um, used as like bringing something to completion. So, you know, uh, somebody says, you know, how many times should I forgive my brother? You know, uh, seven times or 70, 70 times, times seven. seven, right? So it's like completion upon complete, like forgive him until everything is perfectly restored. Sure. Yeah. You yeah. Know. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so that's symbolic. Um, right. Even that seventy times seven. That's combining two numbers. Then yeah. seven and ten. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ten is another uh, symbolic number in in the scripture for like fullness. Yeah. Um, I I was doing a little bit of reading on this actually. Uh, it apparently um, is oftentimes associated with like uh, humanity and the law. Hmm. So you have ten commandments. Hmm. So it's kind of this wholeness of what you know is ex- as expected of man. Um, ten in this Daniel seven, we heard this fourth uh, and final beast had ten horns. Mm-hmm. So this kind of idea of like 
complete power. Uh, yeah. So horns, uh, horns are often um, symbols of power in these apocalyptic books. So, uh, so ten horns means it's kind of got full power, but it's not divine power. Mm. It's human. It's ten, so it's human. It's full, yeah. but it's human. Um, so, uh, so it's much. I think the horns are trying to depict that it's a much stronger. Um, beast and the other three, and Daniel's pretty clear about that too, right. in chapter seven. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember what. I wish I could remember what number six meant because I know number four is um, kind of earthly as well. Mm. So like four seasons, uh, spring, summer, you know, fall, yeah. winter, the four corners of the earth. Um, I can't think of any examples of four. That's why. Yeah, <laughs> you get the gist. Yeah, you there's get the plenty. Gist. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, it's symbolic, right? And and it's just it's important to know, just in general, mm. in general, mm-hmm. that there is symbolic language in the scripture, mm-hmm. and that God can work His intended meaning through symbolic language. Yeah, like it doesn't it it doesn't make it less important to mm-hmm. say I'm not reading this. Literally, no, 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 it's still God's word, and His message is being um, given through that through that symbol. So, mm-hmm. um, so I think I think we just can just let that let that stand um, and be okay with it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think even like Jesus' parables in yeah, some ways. A lot, yeah, a lot of there's a lot of symbolic language there, and because people will take him, they want to take Jesus to task over over this and try to take him literally, like when he says um, the smallest the smallest seed is a mustard seed. I've uh, heard people say. Mustard seed, that's not the smallest seed. Jesus is wrong. Is he an idiot? You know, it's like... <laughs> like, not the point. That's not the point. It's <laughs> something small will become something large. So, sure. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Okay. So, keep Jesus in the center. Yeah. Know your history. Yeah. Uh, prophecy is going to hit multiple horizons. Yeah. That's really useful because even outside of visions like Isaiah, Jeremiah, I mean, all the prophets, yep. they'll speak about, like, release and freedom, yep. which was... I think, in some sense, for like Israel yes. in captivity. Oh, absolutely. But also for Jesus yep. coming to release spiritually, you know, from yep. the trap of sin and Satan. But then also to the last day. Yep. So, and I think generally, aren't those like the three common horizons? Oh yeah, absolutely. The immediate, and then the mm-hmm. the, the kind of distant, and then and then the very distant. So, yeah. and it seems it's like something with Israel's history. Yes. Something in Jesus. End of times. I probably like. in gen- That's a. I think that's a safe general a safe, statement to make. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. And uh, um, so this this whole idea of how to read the Bible, kind of going back to that. I'm mm-hmm. I'm glad you appreciated that, and I think uh, I, I hope that was helpful. Um, if you're if you're listening to us and had listened to that sermon, um, hopefully you found that helpful too. And I think as we go through uh, the rest of Daniel, we may add to this list as well. There are some other um, helpful hints about how to how to read the scriptures, but in particular, this kind of literature. Um, so yeah, just a, just a reminder to you, make sure, make sure you're reading things in context. Uh, it's not bad to apply the Bible to you, but don't let that be your, your first jump. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, Kevin, we could, we could say a lot more. We didn't, you know, deal specifically a lot with Daniel chapter seven mm. today. Um, but we'll, I think we can just end it with this. Where, where this does end uh, is where it all ends for us as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's with Jesus on his throne, the people of God, the saints of God, 
inheriting this kingdom of God, participating in this kingdom where Jesus rules and reigns, and there are no beasts, mm. right? There's, there's no forces uh, trying to overthrow you anymore. Uh, nobody speaking accusations against you, just, just, just Jesus and his people living in perfect glory uh, forever, forever and ever. Um, I, think, I think that's, our, that's a great place to end. Um, and uh, that, was a, that was a hopeful vision that Daniel received, that the people received. Uh, and I pray that it fills you with hope as well because that's your future too, Kevin. Here's mine. And we get to be there together and that would be great. Um, so we hope that this conversation was helpful for you. You know, if there was something that uh, stood out to you, if you've, if you've ever got questions or you want to learn more, uh, reach out to us. We love uh, to conversate with other people as well. Even if it's through email, shoot us a note. Uh, we'd love to get back with you. Uh, but take something from this conversation and go share it with somebody else. Apply it in your own conversations as well. We hope you have a blessed rest of your Wednesday. Because it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Got my Wednesday shirt on. No, I don't. This is my Monday shirt. Hey, anyways, blessings to you. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Cheers.